Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth-65, also known as Spider-Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen-65. I'm Pax. And I'm Abigail. So for this episode's weekend update, we kind of have a bit of a uh, shock for you. So next year... In June 2023, there's going to be a Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider Omnibus releasing. Yeah, woo, let's go. We did it. Yeah, I don't want to say it's all us, but when we started this podcast, if you wanted to collect all of the Spider-Gwen comics, you had to buy a lot of trades, which I did do. I bought, I bought a lot of trades. But now you can buy literally two Omnibuses and have even the Web Warriors stuff. So how about that? This is collecting the entire Maguire era, which is Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider numbers 1 through 10, and then Ghost Spider number 1 through 10, Ghost Spider Annual number 1, which was written by Vita Ayala, um, Gwenum vs. Carnage, Web Warriors, which is, was kind of an odd choice, and material from ASM 2015 number 1. Confused but happy about the inclusion of Web Warriors. Yeah, because uh, she wasn't referred to Ghost Spider in that one, so I was wondering, uh, why include Web Warriors? Did Gwenverse not make the cut? Gwenverse is, is released too too recently for this omnibus. That, uh, Gwenverse will go on uh, whatever omnibus they do next, if they do another one. Uh, what, what issue of ASM did they put in? Amazing Spider-Man. Number one, the 2015 relaunch. Is Gwen in that? Because it has material leading into Web Warriors. I think she was in it briefly. Oh, right. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah, it was a, yeah, you're right. Okay. So it's not it's yeah. not, uh, not a Spider-Wing bit. It's a Web Warriors bit that's in there. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I don't even know which order the, the Omnibus is going to be in. Because in the last one, everything was in order. Including when we did the two annuals. It was exactly the way that we did it on the show. Yeah, we we got whoever's listening to us or reading my Reddit threads um, from Marvel, pay me, pay me. What? Why? Why are you using my hard work here without paying me? What's up with that? Um, but yeah, um, I'll even write the comics too if you know. Um, but yeah, uh, we got we got other news as well. Yeah, recently the uh, preview for Edge of Spider Verse, uh, Volume Two, leading into End of Spider Verse Number Two, was released. And, uh, well, by the time this episode drops, I think the issue might be released already. But anyway, uh, there's a page for Gwen's story, which shows her going up against Mysterio. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's interesting. Uh, it's a choice. Um, the story is going to be written by Mallory Rosenthal, drawn by Iguara, and colored by Rico Renzi. Yeah, Rico Renzi, uh, Iguara. Iguara uh, drew uh, some issues of the Ghost Spider 2019 book, like that last arc before it was cancelled, and and a little bit of Gwen versus Carnage number two. Yeah. Um, so so he's been he's been drawing Gwen before, and Rico R- Rico we stand we stand Rico. He's been he's been coloring for, do- for since since day one. He's been out here coloring Spider Gwen comics. So. Please see those two back, but that uh, that writer's new, right? Like a new comic, like new to comics, right? Yeah, all most of the writers for um the Edge of Spider Verse Volume Two mini are fairly new. Yeah, they, they seem to be like uh Mallory Rosenthal is a television. She's a TV writer. 
TV rights. Okay, yeah. So um, we'll be interested to see how that goes. Um, we we to be nitpicky. Uh, we we've both we've both seen it. But uh, if you look at the previews, Gwen's wearing a physical mask. But like, not she hasn't. She has a symbiote mask that she wears. Um, but she's wearing like a physical gas mask. Uh, while she fights Mysterio, and um, so. I don't, I don't want to nitpick, <laughs> but you know she's a symbiote character. She can make symbiote stuff for herself. She doesn't need a physical. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see more Gwen content, and it does mean that um, our release schedule is going to be a bit wonky um, because this is coming out because Spider Gwen Gwenverse has been so delayed. Um, this this issue this like at least mini this ish story within this issue is coming out before Gwenverse number five, mm-hmm. so um, it might seem like Gwenverse has ended when our next episode is like Edge of Spider Verse number two two. Um, so, uh, but but uh, yeah, just that's just Marvel delaying Gwenverse a lot. So but we will eventually get around to Gwenverse number five when that comes out in. Well, it comes out the week after Edge. Yeah, yeah, or later if they delay it again. So um, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, and the other, oh, the other thing uh, I should have written this in the notes. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, the end of the Spider Verse events that is to be written by Dan Slott. That does look like it will be featuring a little bit of Spider Gwen. Uh, that this Edge of Spider Verse issue we will be covering soon leads into. Um, it's going to be in a new Spider Man title uh, that is being written by. Uh, I mean, we've already said written by Dan Slott, drawn by Mark Bagley, um, and it's starting. Do you know when it's starting? October. Yeah, starting in October. Um, so we're going to see where that goes, but it seems that like uh, the next thing that Gwen will be appearing in uh, post uh, Gwenverse, post this little uh, Edge of Spider-Verse issue, will be in this uh, Spider-Man. Just It's just titled Spider-Man. It is separate from the current Zeb Wells Amazing Spider-Man run. That is go. That is the main Peter Parker book. Yeah, uh, so but... this is sort of like a secondary book that Dan Slott's doing at the moment. Yeah, but I'm kind of expecting that, like uh, Spider Verse or Spider Geddon, that um everyone's probably gonna get their own relaunched books because I know that Miles is ending soon. Jess and Silk don't have anything right now. Yeah, um, I, yeah, or, or this is the last time they all appear. No, uh, so yeah, we're we're, ho- we're hoping for some news of new Spider stuff uh, from the Spidey Office, um, beyond like whatever's going on in the Wells Run. Which appears to be tying into the X Men, um, so uh, we're, we're hoping for new Cindy stuff, hoping for new Gwen stuff, uh, Jessica stuff, because because uh, yeah, they're all, they're all lacking at the moment. They're all they're all they're all in need of a new book at the moment. And give us a Spider Women two. Spider Women two. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen, especially with that uh, film that may may not come out. That's about them. Because uh, according to uh, reporters. Across the Spider Verse is supposed to serve as a backdoor pilot to the Spider Women movie. Wait, really? Yeah, that's just what I heard in first reports. Okay, I hope so. That would be sick because it would confirm it. People would be pumped for it then because they don't really know Spider Women outside. Spider Women does need a little bit of setup. It's one of those. It needs a little bit of context. It's a, it's a difficult thing to jump into, if, if especially if they do like the full scope of the comic. Um, yeah. yeah. Besides, uh, the only Spider Women movie around right now that's remotely close is Madam Web. Get out! Get out! Leave this place! Never return! <laughs> we do not speak about the Madam Web live-action film. No. 
it is it is, looks it's home it's, there's going to be some bad films coming from sony morbius is the first of at least three. Oh my days um yeah uh it's mad can i just say that it involves it's like spider verse meets terminator Oh, yeah, yeah, treating Peter Parker as a chosen one character who needs to be protected by a bunch of women who are, yeah, that's great, that's lovely, it's very, it's very nice narrative, very, uh, very, uh, very feminist. Oh, but anyway, Gwen's not in it, so we don't really care about the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, let's not jinx it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, onwards and upwards, um, this week, uh, we are reading... Spider-Gwen, Gwenverse number four. Now, uh, last time on the podcast, we reviewed uh, issue number three. Um, we've had a little bit of a break uh, because a certain member of our podcast has been has been traveling the world. And... Well, not really ac- across the world, more like a down the border because um, I went to California for a vacation. I went to Comic-Con first and then living it up at Disneyland and then other parks. Yeah, I'm well jealous. Yeah, it sounds like you had a blast. Yeah, really, really fun. Mostly because, you know, that's three weeks I'm not working. Yeah, that's always a bonus. That is definitely a bonus. Um, Yeah, so a uh, little bit belated, but we are now doing uh, Gwendoverse number four. And uh, this issue, as with the previous ones, uh, written by Tim Seeley, art by Jody Nishijima, and colors by Juan Fernandez. Uh, and also. What's this? Proto Bunkers Fernandos Fuentes? Yeah, Proto Bunker is actually a design company and they actually have some colorists. So, um, Proto Bunker actually colored um, Superior Octopus number one. Oh, right. Okay, that's interesting. I noticed some of the lighting looked really different with the, like, the explosions in this. And I think that makes sense if they brought on a uh, slightly different colorist uh, to, to do it. Yeah, but sometimes you can't tell who colored what. Yeah, they're never always clear on that. They don't. Uh, sometimes, uh, like when when it's different line artists, they tend to be like this line artist did this page and this line artist did that page. But colors, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I take a close look at it now. Um, so uh, as with all of our episodes, we're gonna do a synopsis of this issue. Uh, we recommend uh, reading it uh, and the others in this series, um, as well as if you haven't listened to them, uh, go back and listen to uh, at least the other Gwenverse episodes of this podcast. Uh, just to get all caught up. Um, but what we're gonna do here is we're going to read a quick summary of what happens in the comics so we can all uh, remember what happened i know it's been i know it's been a week or two for me um so it just jogs the memory um so we're going to do that now um we begin dr cephalopod and nightbird plan to take out the next gwen variant but are interrupted by ghost spider and the gwen variant she's already met in a preemptive attack to stop them from ever getting back to earth 65 during the brief fight, Nightbird reveals her identity as another alternate Gwen Stacy exposed to the goblin gas before she and Cephalopod portal out to continue their vendetta. Spider-Zero arrives, stressed about the increasingly tangled Earth-65 threads, and directs the team to go save the next Gwen immediately. We meet Gwen Jones, the front woman for the Gwen Joneses, and Captain Marvel of the Kree Empire. She is tasked with stopping yon Rog and his new machination, the Psyche Magnetron. The device turns several captured civilians, including J. Jonah Jameson, into mandroids. Dr. Cephalopod and Nightbird watch from afar, the former enhancing the latter with Yith, beings of great telepathic power, knowledge. As Captain Marvel and the mandroids fight, Yonrog gloats right before the Gwens arrive and destroy the machine. 
Not realizing the mandroids are transformed people, the Gwens nearly destroy them but are interrupted by energy blasts from Captain Marvel. The people soon revert back and the Gwens pause, leaving them vulnerable to Dr. Cephalopod, who surprise attacks the team. Meanwhile, Nightbird grabs Captain Marvel, using the Yif knowledge to reveal to her the apocalyptic sinister purpose behind the Kree's plans for Earth. Joan slumps to her knees in a crisis of faith as Nightbird laughs. Ghost Spider jumps in and strikes at Nightbird, this time roughhousing her evil doppelganger. As Nightbird is on the back foot, Ghost Spider's symbiote transfers a little bit onto her. The suit mistook Nightbird for Ghost Spider and healed her of the goblin gas, rendering her good again. Captain Marvel's crisis results in the Supreme Intelligence's fury and they divert power to her negabands even as she loses control over them. She is going to go supernova and she quickly flies up trying to control the blast radius but it's too late. Captain Marvel detonates over the skies of New York City, unleashing a blast wave devastating the area. Spider-Zero only pulls out the Gwens in time. With this cataclysmic event, Ghost Spider now understands how her reality had become so dystopian last she visited it. Spider-Zero is at a breaking point, unable to hold the strings together for much longer. The team has one last chance to fix it, by going to the end of time and stopping Finale there. And that's been issue number four, the penultimate issue. Yeah, I'm. I'm it feels like we have been reading this for, uh, like... I want to say like it's it's six months, but it's how long have we been reading this this series for now? Like issue number one was in March, uh, two was in April, three was delayed to June. Okay, so it will have been six months, six months to get out five issues. Um, which I suppose is not too bad, given it, it felt like we had a lot more delays than we did, but uh, we're getting there. Um, so. Um, yeah, do we want to we want to get into the, the character character stuff? Yeah, like the Starver show Gwen 65 as always I always label her as self-loading which is pretty much uh, confirmed by herself and Night Gwen. Yeah, uh she she's got a she's got a couple of moments in this. I remember I remember reading like this first fight where she actually uh she sort of like has she like toys quite a bit with Nightbird. Um like Nightbird gets a bite in, escapes her, and everything. I remember thinking it was like, it was it was a little bit meh, like uh, a fight between Night Gwen, who is, who is not a super like powered individual, and Gwen, who does have superpowers, um, would be pretty clear cut uh, without any um, shenanigans. Um, but Nightbird does have uh, extensive training from Nighthawk and a little bit of crazy in her. There is that, there is that, but like Gwen can just like flicker with with a with a finger, and it should be like a like the full force of a fist, you know, like with with sp- spider spider powers are like this, right? I don't know. Um, it, but anyway, it, it does turn around in the end. Like once Gwen realizes it's herself, she starts like roughhousing her, um, and it's like, oof. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's an interesting use of the symbiote there. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah, well, I think did you mention about how like there's a possibility that there could be someone out there, like not including Night Gwen, that could compel the symbiote to leave Gwen and then go to themselves. Yeah. Um, Except this is just a case of mistaken identity. It is. One would imagine that, right? Because Night Gwen doesn't have the like spider bite that if the symbiote went to her full time, it would kill her. But does this mean that like? If 
like Gwen has a healing thing that she can use on other people. He's in the symbiote. Like, like let's say there's an injured civilian. If she commanded it to, could she then heal the civilian with a symbiote? Or is there only other Gwens and only for temporary amounts of time? Like, is it is it is it very specific to this instance, or there's is like a like a new superpower which is like accidentally discovered? Yeah, we're not really sure about that. It's because you know. Night Gwen technically has the same face as Ghost Spider, so maybe the symbiote thought, like, who should it go to? Yeah, no, I mean, and and I and I like that angle to it. I just, I, I feel, I feel like this is an interesting use of the symbiote, not as like a thing that is dangerous and like hurts people, but like is a thing that can also heal them. Um, and I like that angle to it. I hope they don't um just forget about that, you know. But it has been known that symbiotes can purge toxins from others. It's just like um during Go Down Swinging when Osborne was bonded to the Carnage symbiote, it expelled the anti-goblin serum toxins from his body. Yeah, yeah, that was um, yeah, that's uh, I think, I think yeah, that's an interesting angle, and and I'm interested to see what they do with Nightbird now. Um. I do feel like uh, like a lot of people were looking at the use of Nightbird earlier in this series, and they were coming down quite hard on, on Tim Seeley. Maybe we were a bit as well. Um, but but he's 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 read um, Heroes Reborn number five, um, and he's really embraced uh, the use of Night Gwen in it, um, and he's decided to just really go with it and and like have it be a whole thing that he he's decided to sort of give a little bit of closure here, uh, where uh she is she is cured now and she's good again and and she does talk a lot about how she was used and you know what, what having the goblin gas was like oh it was good. there's quite a bit of continuity between nightbird and heroes reborn and nightbird here in gwenverse yeah because uh back in the heroes reborn number five after she was exposed to the gas she told nighthawk that perhaps like she and nighthawk were wrong about crime and then through promptly through the shurikens uh maiming osborne and then like after that it says what happened to night gwen afterwards is unknown so i'm thinking before the end of her world was she going around in costume breaking stuff it can't have been that long, right? Like Heroes Reborn was quite a short event, right? It wasn't yeah. like um, because it could be that um, because Night Gwen said that she watched the end of the world, and it didn't do wonders for her mental health. So did Finale just plug her out at the point where her world was ending? It's possible. I mean, the way I see it is. Um, Nightbird, however, Nighthawk, because Nighthawk has also escaped the end of Heroes Reborn, right? He like he made yeah. it out of there. So, um, so it it was possible to escape like the closure of that thread of time. Um, and Nightbird managed that. She talks about seeing her universe collapse. So yeah. clearly, she is aware of what happened to it. She made it out, and she still took the crazy with her because the line was. Uh, I have your face, but I was exposed to goblin gas. I saw things open my mind to new possibilities. It made me so much more than Gwen Stacy. And then just bites Ghost Spider. Yeah, I really thought they were going to do more with that bite. Like, I remember, I remember us reading it and uh, me going, yeah, that's it. That's it. She's been infected now. Like, but that was a pretty, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a non-assuming bite. It was just a normal, it was just a little nom. It didn't, didn't hurt her too much. <laughs> and I pointed this out in the notes that uh, throughout the whole thing, 
before she was cured, Night Gwen's canines were more pronounced and the and her nails were sharper if you see the tip of her gloves. Yeah, that that anime motif of like little 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 sharp things appearing on your car- on your person. They had that whole thing going on with her. Um, well, I did describe Nishijima's style as anime esque. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, it is true. But um, because she joins the other Gwens, there is no more uh, Terminal Six because uh, Roachman and uh, uh, who is the other uh, Stegron? They're dead. Glam Goblin and Black Thirteen were told not to come back, and Cephalopod's mm-hmm. dead. Yeah, did Cephalopod die in New York? Then is that what happened there? No, he was killed by Gwen Vereen, and then probably his corpse was blown up by the explosion. I'm trying to see where that happens. Yeah, remember, um, Cephalopod was gutted, and then Cap asks Gwen Vereen, what did she do? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, no, I see it, my bad, yeah, no, you're right. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, what I will say is, he did, like, stab Gwen Vereen through at least once, like, um, you, you know, uh, you know, she had, she had fair cause, I think, there, um, but yeah, it was, um, so instead of an eye for an eye, was it a gut for a gut? Oh goodness, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty rough. But yeah, he's um, Cep- Cephalopod like has a whole thing in this where he's like talking about how he studies like the whatever Cthulhu thing he's into. Um, yeah, I I I wrote down here that um, does it seem like he used to be human before? Because he said that his studies into the old ones uh, blessed him with that form. Yeah. Yeah, it's implied that he's he's mutated into this. Um, but like, there's all this exposition. But then, like, I realize, like, why did they take a, like half a page detour to explain why he's a Cthulhu monster? Which they they haven't done this backstory for any of the other of the Terminal Six. Like, like he's gotten more backstory here than than, than even Nightbird has with all of her ranting about whatever happens to her in Heroes Reborn. I think it's because Night Gwen, uh, Cephalopod is her second in command. Right, but I honestly, I think I think it was also that there was a reason that Nightbird would know why the Supreme Intelligence was just using Captain Marvel uh, for an apocalypse, so that Nightbird could then dramatically reveal it to her. Um, that's that's what all of that's for. Like the reason he gives her the ability to share, like all of this is is so that he can then give her the ability to have like this, this like supernatural knowledge of the universe around her yeah. so that then she can like, like suddenly reveal it to Captain Marvel and then trigger the like main like plot event. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting detour for a character that they immediately killed off. <laughs> Did you notice how his insignia for sharing memories, it's supposed to resemble an, the end of an arc tentacle? Yes, I do see it. That is very good. I like that. Yeah, supposed to be a variant of Doc Ock. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, he's, he's a cool character. Even though, um, as always, he's being mistreated by his employer. Yeah, he is. Oh no, that's sort of the the role that, like, yeah, that he fell into there. Um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I I liked all of the Terminal Six. I'm I'm glad that like they were they were used in the way they were they were. But I am a little sad we're not going to get any more of them because they they were all quite interesting uh, variants. Um, some some of them would fit quite well in um in Earth sixty five, but alas. Yeah, well, half of the Terminal Six is uh, dead, one defected, and then you know two were told not to come back. Yeah, 
It was um yeah maybe we'll see those two then who who was it was a black thirteen and... yeah black thirteen and glam goblin they were oh, right, yeah, just yeah. marooned in nineteen eighty three yeah I, I would be down to see glam goblin again I think that'd be fun um, like, battle of glam the goblin. bands yeah like glam goblin is like one of the Earth sixty five villains yeah I think that'd be solid uh, especially if he like prompts like the normal uh, Norman 65 into becoming a Green Goblin type character or something. I don't know. Except the only sinister thing Norman 65 ever did was cheat on his taxes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did do some shady stuff with, uh, with the, with the, uh, with the military and, and he did shun his son for becoming a monster, which was yeah. probably a bad move. And he did work with Frank Castle as well. Thing more like coerced than to working with Castle. Yeah, he's not uh he's not the mastermind that we've seen in in other versions of of Norman. He is definitely the most milk toast version of him that we've had since Yeah, I can't think of another Norman that just turned out to be a, just a, just a little bit of a CEO. <laughs> okay, so should we move on to um we should talk about Captain Marvel. Yeah, so we got another Gwen variant in this issue and the Gwen variant is uh is Captain Marvel. Except she's not a Danvers. She's not Danvers. Um, she yeah. is. She's supposed to be Rick Jones. Yeah, she's the original Captain Marvel consciousness in the body of Gwen Stacy because the Supreme Intelligence saw the other Gwen Stacys and um, when you know what? Yeah, they don't explain it yeah, very clearly. Like, like the Supreme Intelligence took inspiration from the other Gwen Stacys and decided to make their new Captain Marvel body like Gwen Stacy. Um, and so we have Gwen Jones, who is conscious of the fact that she used to be in a male body, but isn't anymore. Um, so I don't know how much continuity is there, but it's sort of trans question mark. And then, um, yeah, like she's, she's the front woman. She's not the, she's not the drummer. She, she does a lot of the singing uh in in her band and she's got it named after her so she's like taking point on that uh but i was uh, throughout this whole issue i was still kind of confused about um her creation so yeah she is um a human clone with uh the late marvell's ghost like cohabitating with her but like was she like then after she was created sent to earth with implanted memories i think how the original like ms marvel and I don't know. I don't know if this was true of like old Captain Marvel comics went, but like the old Ms. Marvel comics, it was like a case of like dual personalities inhabiting the same body. Oh yeah, it was. Um, yeah. So um, maybe they were just they were just taking beats from that. But it appears that they are like working together quite happily. Um, so they are like full personalities in their own right. I wouldn't be surprised if like the human clone was also grown from scratch as well, so that she had a full like childhood like coming of age on earth so that she had a full backstory to become sort of like, because the Kree want her to be a celebrity so that she can be their spokeswoman when they want to destroy earth basically. Right. So. Because as opposed to the other Gwen's, even Gwen 65, this one is loved by everyone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think she's, she's interesting. I, I think she's the one who's like, I think I like her more than the other ones maybe because she has a real like internal conflict. She has this whole moment where she has a crisis of faith. Well, she over, is the embodiment um, of Gwen's compassion, and she dies. She's dead, right? Like we don't see a body. 
we don't see a body. She might make a, a, a return, but there is there is a huge explosion, um, and all of New York is destroyed, um, and she's right in the center of it. Uh, you're, you're quite right. We might see her again, but the, 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 the implication at the end of this issue is is that she has died. Uh, they have a whole sort of like, with the two personalities say farewell to each other so long, and then they explode. I think I predicted that um, Captain Marvel is why there's the Marvel laws. Yeah, yeah, you you sort yeah you sort of did there. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Um, Turns out I was right be- because of Captain Marvel's sacrifice, but de- also devastating the city. Uh, the city outlawed superheroes. Yeah, they did. So sort of like uh, the events of this book explain why Earth-65 is this weird uh, mechanized police state from the first issue. So would it be because of the Gwen's interference that uh, New York is like this way, sort of like a closed time loop? Um, Well, it's Cephalopod's fault primarily. And their intentions with Captain Marvel, I don't think would be any different whether or not the team of Gwens were there. Um, Like, whatever happened, right, they were always going to be on that rooftop. They were always going to be attacking Captain Marvel Gwen. And they were always going to try and use the Yith knowledge to upset her. Like, there's nothing that the Gwens do that prompt them to do those bits. Uh, and those are the bits which trigger the main cataclysm. So, like, the Gwens were just kind of there. It's sort of a Raiders of the Lost Ark situation. They're like, they were there, they were witness to it. But, like, if they weren't there, the same things would have played oh, out, probably. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I always get so confused when time travel is always on a closed loop because I, I subscribe to the theory of uh, when you travel to the past, it just creates a branching timeline. It changes nothing about your present. Yeah, I, I think um, the the way they're treating uh, this is it's sort of they're trying to curate the same timeline. That's what's going on. Like that under Spider Zero's direction here, right? They are um, they are going into the same thread of time and trying to restore it to what it was, so that like they can return to the present with Gwen, sort of like able to live her life as she was. Right? That's that's the primary goal here. Like it's not the case. Like I think that's sort of the M- MCU did this right. Oh yeah, plucking the Infinity Stones, uh, just to borrow them for a little while and then putting them back at the point they were taken. Yeah. Um, so it seems like they never left. Yeah, like I, I wasn't I wasn't super on board with how Endgame did it. Like it felt kind of like awkward that like they can just like go back in time, start a new timeline and everything's like hunky dory because that still means that there's another timeline out there that that needs fixing like it just you've just created like a like a, a I, yeah it is like logically it's it's it, it, it sort of spins your head around a little bit but the way that i think comic book timeline works in, in marvel is it's you know you have these individual universes that that may affect each other to some degree uh, but they're not different timelines that are branching off from one another rather they're more sort of like an interconnected uh, universes that you can travel between that do have more fixed time travel laws where you go back you do things that will change that timeline and yeah. then there are things called absolute points or fixed points where, like, that event has to happen no matter what. Yeah, that's very Doctor Who. And also in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. 
Yeah, yeah, I could say because you also, you also, you reach a logical endpoint where you go, okay, so if you have the ability to travel anywhere in time, why have you not fixed all of the awful things that you sort of had to happen to create a present that we can recognize? Um, and at that point, you go, well, some some stuff is just timey wimey stuff that you can't do anything about. Yeah, because there was this one episode of Legends of Tomorrow where the team. Uh, tries to uh, prevent the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, but then they were told that it has to happen. Yeah, yeah, that was um, yeah, that sort of stuff. It it that that to me is always a, bit, a little bit strange when you get to that point in a in a time travel show. But it, but it is what it is. Um, they they haven't quite gotten into that with Gwenverse. You know, they haven't quite gone to the ethics of that. They are they they have only the time to fix the things that they want to fix right now. Yeah. Um. So. We're seeing how that goes. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I think the next Gwen, I think we should move on. Only just a little bit of Thor Gwen here. Yeah, uh, Thor Gwen. So, like, um, Seeley definitely wants to prioritize Gwen Jones because this does seem to be, like, the maybe the main issue and whatever's going on with Lightbird. So everybody else takes a backseat. Like, even I feel like Gwen 65 is taking a little bit of a backseat here. Um, and this goes for like Thor Gwen uh, and like Iron Gwen, who and Cap Gwen and Gwen. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're all sort of t- like, but they do have a couple of disagreements between themselves. So Thor Gwen and uh, Iron Gwen argue over like the value of technology at one point for a few panels, like. Like Thorgwen's like, ah, I will destroy you, and, um, and Iron, Iron Gwen's like, no, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't do that. Save the kit save the technology um and thorgwen's like what would you need technology for if you were dead and um and and, and so there's that there's there's a few exchanges like that and then oh later thorgwen's like you had all the worship i was supposed to have yeah yeah it's um yeah it's uh that's their disagreement and then captain america and gwen vereen have a disagreement over whether or not they should murder dr cephalopod uh which gwen vereen wins by uh by murdering Dr. Cephalopod, uh, it seems. Um, so um, that, that's how that goes. Um, and there's a sort of the implication at the end of this issue, right? That Spider-Zero says to them, so you've got, you've got one chance left to fix whatever's wrong with the timeline. Um, and in order to do that, uh, you have to work together. So I think the implication here is that we'll get um, payoff moments in the fifth issue where like Thor Gwen chooses to save some technology when she could have destroyed it. And like that Gwen Vereen will like not kill somebody when she could have killed somebody. Or maybe Captain Gwen Merica will kill somebody when it's absolutely necessary. We'll see. Uh, but we'll have like, I guess, some kind of resolution to these little spats that break out in yeah. between the Gwens. And what about uh for Iron Gwen? I think she's still reeling from the fact that uh um Howard disowned her because she was like uh the last thing I need is another person pretending to be my dad, and then overhearing the Gwens arguing, uh she was like, "This is just like being between Howard and Norman all over again." Yeah, um, it's um, it's it's it, it, it it's a it's a bad situation for all of these alternate Gwens, right? Because of course we've we've raised the question of what's going to happen to these people come the fifth issue and things go back to normal on Earth sixty five, right? Because because odds on Earth sixty five will mostly resemble what it resembled what it, what it was in issue number one, right? It doesn't seem they're going to do any major changes to it right now um so uh, they, they probably won't have a superhero team of gwens running about 
So what's the second option here? Are they going to kill them off? Are they going to vanish into space? Are they going to merge into Gwen? Um, so what what's going to go on? Um, and then there's with Nightbird. She doesn't have a home to go back to anymore. No, she doesn't. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, like I could see Nightbird sticking around somewhere, but these other Gwens, the 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 alternates that have come about during this event. Um, yeah, what's what's going to happen? Um, and and you know, I I I, I think that there's going to be like maybe a, a talky moment in the next issue where they they figure out where Spider Zero figures out maybe what to do with them. Um, uh, Spider Zero gets a little bit more characterization in this. Um, yeah, at the end of the issue, she's still, like, even though it happened a long time ago, she's still trying to come to terms that she no longer has a home to go to and sympathizes with the other Gwens about, you know, not having a home to go to and see, and also witnessing the end of their world. Yeah, um, and... And it, um, we also see like she, she's, she's sort of more of an active decision maker. Like she's, she's chosen to maybe take some off time from her like greater web maintenance duties to help the Gwens and yeah. help restore Earth sixty five because uh, she's sympathetic to what they're going through. Maybe it's because she has Annie to do all of the other web stuff. Yeah, there's that. Um, so um, yeah, and so it's, she's she's taken a, a week off from being being a web developer to uh, go uh, go like like help these people, and it's and it's cost her like like now that she's back, um, sort of maybe helping a little bit more with that stuff. Um, she's she's really at her sort of stretching point, which I thought was interesting, and in my opinion would have been a much more interesting tension to have had like three issues ago so that we could see there was a real cost for spider zero outside of whatever's happening to the gwens because i i find that quite interesting whatever's been going on with spider zero has always been really interesting but everybody else has got some main character that they would like to write instead of her which is completely fine um but yeah spider zero really deserves honestly deserves her own edge of spider-verse issue um yeah. i don't think she's gonna get it but she no, deserves one yeah zero hasn't been seen since jed mckay's spider-verse yeah there's there's been the spider-verse anthology there's been gwenverse and then there's that's been it and you want to bet how much dan slot is going to use spider zero in his new end of end of the spider-verse events um because i'm concerned for her uh maybe if the team needs to all go to loom world maybe she'll show up there yeah maybe um but yeah um is that is that all the characters we got? Anybody else? I think um the secondary antagonist we got a little bit of the Kree Empire here, like Yon Rog, who by the way does not resemble Jude Law. No, no, they got they got uh they got Yon Rog here, who's sort of uh who's not like of MCU Yon Rog is like aligned with the Kree Empire. Uh, not in the comics here. He's a sort of renegade. Uh, they have something called the Mandroids, which feels like a classic Marvel thing that I don't know about. Oh, yeah, the um, Mandroids, yeah, they're Kree robots uh, designed by the Kree to uh, destroy the Psyche Magnetron. No, they were empowered by the Psyche Magnetron to uh, yeah hunt humans. Yeah, they, they work a little bit... Uh, they're like Cybermen, right? Like, they turn people into into these, like, robots, and then they go around turning more people into robots, and... Um... Except in the comics, they're fully robotic. Uh, they were never human, but in this issue... Right, uh, in, in this yeah, instance. They were just turned. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were, they were, they were fun. Uh, I like it. There's a, I think because it's a tacky premise, I'm glad that they've kind of leaned into the tackiness of it a bit, and they've used it to do, like, tacky villains. Because there's sort of... Uh, cause, you know, I, as much as I would like 
to have a proper Spider Gwen ongoing with like full arcs and like full character development focused around like Gwen Stacy and her supporting cast. Um, I do feel like if you are going to do more of a gimmicky type book like this, they're doing fun, like classic Kirby looking stuff uh, is, is a, is a good way of going about it. You know? Yeah. Even Cap Gwen says, so she's like, finally a, a villain, like in the Kirby comics. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I'm, that's where I'm getting it from there. And then yeah, the Supreme intelligence here who like just happens to be a dick by the end. Yeah, uh, yeah. It turns out wanting to destroy the Earth uh, doesn't foster a lot of um, goodwill uh, in in one's mind towards the Earth. I think it was um, like last issue, um, commissioning the Captain Marvel Gwen was done in the first place because uh, they thought the Skrulls were beginning to invade Earth. Yeah, and I'm I'm also interested now, right? Because Supreme Intelligence sixty five, right? Is he not still going to be there? When everything goes back to normal, is he not still going to be wanting to destroy the Earth? And if so, who's he picking to be Captain Marvel? Because it's not going to be Gwen if the timeline's been restored, right? No, assuming that there's already um, a Marvel or a Carol Danvers in the uh, pre-rewritten Earth sixty-five, mm, just a, just a different different split, a different space blonde. <laughs> Maybe, or it could be a different Captain. Like Monica's been Captain Marvel before. Yes. That's true. Um, yeah. Um, that's a good point. So, uh, should we give our concluding thoughts on this issue? Uh, that depends if um, there's nothing to say anymore about the characters. Because I want to kind of circle back to Night Gwen for a minute. So, um, like, yeah, go for would it. the Goblin Gas, since it's a pastiche of DC, would this be equivalent to Joker Venom? Well... <laughs> Joker Venom doesn't always like Joker Venom usually just kills somebody or like makes them very ill. Like I feel like the Jokerification stuff is more of like a I guess when somebody like some kind of psychological break thing that's going on. Um like Harley Quinn like got like all chemical stuff done to her, right? But like it was it was she was already evil. Like she, I mean she she'd already like I mean she's not evil. I I don't know, whatever Harley Quinn's alignment was when she was with the Joker, right? Um, she'd already become that prior to the chemical stuff. So I want to say that Goblin Gas is still, still functions similarly to how, like, um, it would in Marvel more than, more than Joker Venom does in DC, but with maybe a Joker, like, sort of flavoring to it, you know, like it's, um, it's got, you know, maybe it's got, has it got the grins? Does it give everybody a grin? Because I don't read DC comics, but um. Well, no, no, no. I mean the Goblin Gas. The Goblin Gas. Oh yeah, after Gwen was exposed, yeah, she was like crazy smiling. Right, because because the other thing I noticed in this is they sort of have um, uh, they sort of have a moment which feels like um, I'm literally the the, the becoming the Joker meme where she's like, I realize it's all one big joke, and she has like a like a cartoon looking smile yeah. on her face, and I'm thinking that's a very like, this is the Joker sort of like. This like like Jokerification moments, um, like the memes. And Nighthawk didn't even bother to cure her. No, I, what has gone? Like Heroes Reborn d- did a lot of stuff very quickly, and then and then dropped out. I, I um, but yeah, um, she's okay now. It worked out for her. Um, yeah. it's all she probably has to sacrifice herself in the next issue. So, yeah. I hope I, no, I hope not. I, I hope oh, yeah, she's but, I mean, alive. I, no, that's that's the direction this is going in. Like, I'm certain they're gonna sacrifice her like, in the next. Like, like, to I'm, repent I'm, I'm, for what she's done. 
Yeah, you, she's she's committed the comic book sins of having an evil arc, and she she's not she's not going to get out of it that quickly. Like the redeeming thing is is being the one who sacrifices herself at the very end here. Um, I, I forgot to mention earlier, like I even though I kept bringing this up in like our um in between shows, how um I really thought that finale's face was going to be revealed in this issue. Yeah, we're definitely if there is a face reveal to be had. We know for definite it's going to be in the next issue at least. Yeah, now. because uh, I keep you know um speculating that um finale must be another Gwen just because you know um well she's got blonde hair and uh, well this is called Gwenverse so <laughs> she might be the big bad. Yeah, like, like a Gwen might be another big bad that's not Night Gwen, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, as much as as much as uh, I like, don't like the gimmick stuff. I do feel like it would be strange to have come this far, having every character be a Gwen, and then pull back for the villain. You know, so, you know, it could just be something as simple as like she steps out of her armor, or her faceplate cracks to show her real face, or maybe it's some kind of uh, transformation she's she's gone under. Over like the centuries or whatever she's been alive, that she's yeah. become blue. But you know, she never opens her eyes. Yeah, well, it, and and like, yeah, she's just she sort of like ascended her um need to open her eyes because she has her ability for visions. Yeah, because um, there's this one variant cover for number five where it shows the top half of Finale's face with her eyes open. I still don't know who that is. That's uh, strange, yeah. No, I mean, a lot of mutants are blue as well, right? Like, the implication she's a mutant. Like, mutants love being blue. They love they love doing weird things like that. I'm, I'm, I, I think that maybe maybe that isn't necessarily a faceplate, that maybe that is just what her face has become on account of her being a supervillain and yeah. superpowered. It's, just because, it's only because it looks like she's dressed in armor. Yeah. Oh, no, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, and like the only blue mutants I know off the top of my head are Mystique, Nightcrawler, and Beast. Yeah. Like, if anything, the X Men have an affinity for redheads. Oh, that is true. That is true. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're suckers for redheads. Yeah, that was even a point mentioned in the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. Man, I need to read more X Men. Oh, that's not a good impulse. <laughs> no, I'll only read it if Rogue and Gambit are involved. Um. Because the only X book I ever read is um, well that wasn't the Poison X storyline back in Venom was Mister and Mrs X. Yeah, you're a rogue gambit shipper. Romy is my ex couple. Oh yeah, that's a nice ship. That's a good. That's a good one to get on board with. We we stand. Um, but yeah. Um, do you have any? Do we have any final opinions for this issue, or are we gonna save them for for the next one? I think we'll save it. For- um, overall, the entire yeah. uh, thoughts for the next one. But I'm, I'm just gonna say, like, I can't wait for in two weeks. Like, who Finale really is, and if Gwen's universe will really be the way that she remembered it, or if it's gonna be like Flashpoint, where um, there's just some subtle changes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I th- I think maybe we'll get maybe a couple of changes to some of her relationships, and we'll have maybe like one or two of the Gwens that have been introduced you know, uh, dropped in somewhere in the Marvel multiverse. So, uh, and hopefully we'll get some kind of character resolution for Spider-Zero. Um, 
as well, of course, for Gwen. But yeah, um, I like this issue. I, I've liked all the issues so far. I, I think it's, it's it's a bit wonky with the timeline and with what went on in Gwen versus Carnage. But it's a new writer, and Tim Seeley is already having to do a gimmick comic book here. Like he shouldn't have to then follow up the continuity of a unfinished twenty three issue run from another writer. So um, we'll just see how this plays out. Because I don't know if he pitched it or if this was just assigned to him. Yeah, was was Gwenverse a comic book that came from Tim Seeley's brain or Nick Lowe's? Who knows? Who knows these things? Because I think um, Spider Zero did mention that um, if they don't fix everything in time, this could be the end of the Spider Verse as she knows it. Yeah, I'd be interested if the setup book for the new Spider Verse event happens to be a book called Gwenverse. That'd be very funny. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll find out, I suppose. Yeah, because we got a whole lot of Spider-Verse stuff coming up in the next few months, and if some of it references Gwenverse, at least that's some uh, homework done by Dan Slott. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. Um, I hope Dan Slott's been reading Spider-Gwen comics if he decides to use her a bunch, like, because, uh... Because if there's one person who who works at Marvel and doesn't know that Gwen is a symbiote character now, it is it is uh, Mr. Dan Slott. Um, that's I, not to disparage him too much. However, now, even though Dan Slott was an uncredited co-writer for a uh, Spider Geddon, that was mostly Crystal Gage that remembered that Gwen's a symbiote. Yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan Slott probably wrote the first two sentences and. Uh... Yeah, then, uh, then that was it. I'm, I'm, I'm disparaging him too much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm too harsh on you. Um, I shouldn't be. Th- I'm, a, I'm a procrastinator too. I, 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 I'm, I'm. It's, it's a self-loathing thing, really. No, like, no. We're sure that your end of the Spider Verse arc and, um, in general, Spider Man is gonna be great. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's, I'm interested to see if the Spider-Man run continues beyond end of the Spider-Verse. Like if Dan Slott's just got a permanent Spider-Man ongoing again at Marvel and it's going to get like a few arcs out of it and it's not just going to be the end of the Spider-Verse stuff. That'd be, that'd be fun. Because he was at Comic-Con, but just not on the day that I was there. So I was kind of hoping to uh, pimp myself out. I mean, press information yeah, yeah, <laughs> like you got, out of him. Uh, well... Uh, there's there's always there's always the next convention. You're a you're a convent. You're doing the convention tour at the moment, aren't you? Well, only um, uh, locally speaking. Okay. Yeah. Well, if if Dan Slot makes any any surprise appearances at the next convention, you'd be sure to um, let let us know what you learn very very publicly about all the secret information you're gathering from creators. Only if he n- announces it first, and then I can actually share it to the world or the uh, um, however amount of listeners. <laughs> you you heard it here first, everybody. Abigail Mendoza will tell us about everything she learns at every single one of these comic cons from the creators she talks to. Only if they announce it publicly first. Every last detail will be announced on this podcast before uh, exclusive scoops. Before Bleeding Cool gets their hands on it. Before that stupid bleeding cool website, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I jest, I jest. Uh, tell Abigail your secrets. She's not, she's not telling me them, let alone the podcast. So, um, I'm just, I'm just jealous, really. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, we, we closing out? No, we. Yeah, I think that's the end of the show. We did it. Go team. Go team. 
okay so um next week or like next episode rather like instead of going uh chronologically like into spider gwen gwen verse number five since that's gonna be releasing the week after because of delays we're gonna be reading edge of spider verse volume two number two instead because it's releasing first yep yep i'm looking forward to that it's gonna be exciting it we are probably only gonna touch on the six to ten whatever pages are about gwen um we probably won't do the rest of the issue no because um um, the issue is an anthology it's all about it's gwen first and then the new spider uk gross (laughs) sorry sorry i just really don't like the uk who who would want to live there except that this version of a a spider uk i think she's a, a black british muslim woman I'm going to reserve my judgments until the issue comes out then. I mean, yeah. uh, but, I'm just, you know, uh, wearing a union jacket. Um, I, I mean, a bit more representation. I mean, well, we'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, featuring Ghost Spider, the new Spider UK, Shafra, who is a villain who I haven't seen since Christopher Yost's Scarlet Spider. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and she's also the uh, secondary antagonist for End of the Spider-Verse. Oh. Because it seems like Morlin's got a new main squeeze. Yay, yay, anybody but that family. Morlin sons his family. Very cool, very cool character. Yeah, and uh, I'm thinking, like, new main squeeze because he wants nothing to do with Pirate Queen Jess anymore. I see. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, why am I surprised Morlin is straight? That's my question. I just uh, I feel like they could do with something with that. Well, well, Pirate Queen Jess was uh, his only uh, romantic partner, so but yeah. one sided. Yeah, yeah, no, I. But yeah, um, yeah, more power to a Morlin antagonist. We're we're looking forward to it. We're excited. We're vibing. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we're gonna put the links in the description of what to buy and where to read it, and also the full Spider Gwen Go Spider reading list. If you had any questions for us, or if you wanted to just uh, interact with us, you can email us ghostspidergroupies at gmail dot com, or you can follow us on Twitter at gsgroupies. We also have a coffee page if you want to chuck in a few bucks just to help us with the upkeep of the show. That would be great. Yes, please, pretty please. But yeah, thanks everyone. I've been Abigail. And I've been Pax. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.